right, turn in your Bibles today to Psalm 100. Psalm 100. Praise God. Are you ready? Ah, glory to God. Psalm 100. You know, the witness of my heart, among many things, about what's happening in the body of Christ today, uh, of many, like I said, of many, I am thoroughly convinced in what I observe uh, in talking to ministry friends around the country and the witness of my own heart that there is a, a move going on in the body of Christ in the financial material realm. And uh, if you're a guest, you know, oh, that prosperity preacher. Well, don't get, don't get nervous about that. Praise God. Don't throw me under the bus because I said that. You know, uh, if you read your Bible objectively, do you know that I, I heard someone say, very credible, uh, I thought it was a little less, but he said there are 4,000 references in the Bible to money and material blessing. Think about that. 4,000. Dr. Jacobs told us the other day, teaching on angels, that there are 300 references uh, in the Bible to angels, to ministering spirits, the angels, amen, and that there are very few subjects in the Bible that come anywhere close to having three, 300 references in the Bible that talk about it. Think about 4,000. And so really to try to say that God doesn't care, He has nothing to say about our natural lives, our financial lives, is Bible ignorance. I'll just call it what it is. Now, does that, mean, uh, does that not mean that there's not gimmick out there and extremism out there and foolishness out there? Uh, of course there is. And, uh, but uh, there is, uh, you, well, just, just think about 3 John 2. We're in Psalm 100. But that verse says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper. Done, case closed. That's what the Bible says, that you prosper and be in health even as, or to the degree, according to your soul's prosper, uh, prosperity. Amen? Amen? So it's just not going to affect us all the same. It's just going to depend on, is your soul prospering, your mind, your will, your emotions, and to that degree, uh, you're going to prosper and you'll have and enjoy health. Uh, amen. What about Philippians 4.19? Right. For my God shall supply 25% of your needs. No. no. My God shall supply all your needs. Yeah, he says you need just your basic needs. No, look up that Greek word and it'll mean, yes, your needs, your wants, your demands, your desires. Amen. Amen. What about the verse we just read? Give, and it'll be given unto you just enough that you don't go bankrupt. No. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Listen, I remember this time of year, if you have leaves, and a lot of us have leaves to deal with, oh, my goodness. I have, my wife's dream was to have a place with a lot of trees. And, and yet she does no leaf work, Brother Jerry. She just does none. Her mindset is just let them fall. Let them sit there. I'd be all right. And then you have deadness everywhere. You don't have grass anywhere. Anyway, so that falls on me. Praise the Lord. And that's all right. But I remember raking leaves from my grandma, and she had a city lot, you know, and you had to bag them. You couldn't burn them. I burned them. But uh, praise God, you, you had to bag them. And uh, I went out there, and, you know, grandma, she said, I'm going to give you a dollar for three big old trash. She's cheap, you know, big old trash bag. Yeah. And, uh, and she said, but you got to fill them up, three of them, fill them up. Well, I mean, in about ten minutes, I had them all full. She goes, uh-uh, that's not full. That is not full. She brought the water hose over. Yeah, 
And she wetted that big pile of leaves and she said, press it down, shake it together. You don't tie that bag until that thing is running over. Those trash bags cost money, son. Oh, man. You, you couldn't move that thing. You'd have to have a forklift to move that bag of leaves by the time she got done with it. And, of course, this is my cotton-picking grandmother. That's not, that's not a, criti- or a saying. That's, she was a cotton picker. And, you know, she didn't get her money until she had 80 pounds in that burlap sack of cotton. She had to press it down. And, uh, but that's what that verse is. He's going to press it down. He's going to water it down. He's going to get as much in there as he can. It's going to be running over. But see, and, and so there's just something wonderful. See, this move, this last day move of God's got to be funded. It's got to be funded. And then God's not going to take his church out of here broke. We have a prophetic pattern for that. Did God liberate the children of Israel out of Egypt broke? Did he leave them broke? No, they got all their back pay for being a slave. For all the bricks they made and all the buildings and shrines they built for Pharaoh, they left, having plundered Egypt, they left full of silver and gold and wealth and riches. How do you think they built that temple? How do you think they got out in the... Right? And so that's the pattern. And so, but there's a move going on, a revival going on globally, and God wants it funded. He wants it funded. And uh, so praise God. And He's going to fund it through His covenant people. Amen. And so, but we've got to know some things to be able to get in on it. Just because your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life doesn't mean that you're going to be in abundant overflow and in the, in, in taking part of what God's doing in this specific area in these last days. You've got to know something. So how about before we, we share something with you so you can know something. Amen. And I want to share with you today, I'm not going to say the, but I'm going to say a master key. I want to share with you a master key to accessing and living the blessed life. Are you interested in that? Amen. Praise God. And uh, this master key is the key of gratitude and being grateful, being thankful. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 100. And let's just go ahead and read all five verses. It's a short psalm. And so here the psalmist says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord, how? Not with madness, with gladness. Come before His presence with singing, not whining, with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Now, notice this. I know you've heard this. We've sung songs about it. But let this speak to you in a new way. Look at the next two words. Enter into, or you can say it this way, Brianna, enter in. Enter in, amen, to what? Enter in through His gates. A gate is a barrier. A gate exists to keep wrong people out and right people in. Isn't that right? And those who would go in and out must have access to the lock. They must be able to open the gate. Amen? And here he tells us how to enter in. Come on. How do you enter in this gate? With thanksgiving. 
with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Amen. You know God gives the grateful an audience. But He will not give the unthankful an ear. You want to come before Him? You want to have His ear? You want to have an audience with Him? You've got to get through the gate first. And the Bible outlines an approach. Now we, we know in the New Testament, there's, there's, because of the blood of Jesus, we've been made the righteousness of God. We are sons and daughters and we are welcome in His presence. But you still have to go through the gate. Amen. He's, he's on the throne. And he said, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy and find grace to help for every time of need. But if you really want his ear, you want his arm, you want his attention in your life, you, you don't, he's not going to give you an audience as you come whining and moaning and griping and complaining. No, he's not going to give you an ear. He's going to give an ear to the grateful and to the thankful. It is a master key. I'm going to show you this to the blessing of God and to receiving abundance, to have Him uh, shower His blessing on your life in every way, He's going to do that upon the one who's grateful. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. Enter in, into His, bless you, enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. That, that is an imperative statement. That is not a suggestion. This is God's Word telling His people, be thankful. We have been commanded to be thankful unto Him and to bless His name. You know, anytime you've ever been mad at God, that, that's bad on you. Amen? Anytime you ever copped an attitude with God about your circumstances, that's bad on you. Amen? And I know that's, that's sadly a, a common thing. We've all probably had moments, right, where we got in the flesh and thinking about ourselves and pointed our little bony finger at God and accused Him of having something to do with our difficulty and our adversity. And that's not true. Y'all here? Y'all gone home? <laughs> Amen. Go with me over to Matthew 16 real quick. Matthew 16. And so, you know, being thankful is a key that will unlock supernatural promotion in your life. But being unthankful will keep you right where you are. Now, common sense will tell you this is right. Why would God... What, what, what would motivate him? To bring you more. To bless you more. To increase you more. If, you've not, if you're not thankful for what you have now. If he never hears anything from you in acknowledgement of the many things he's already done for you. You know, for me, I remember where he found me. Drunk and suicidal in a dark hallway at a frat party and loved me, and intervened, and, and invaded my life, and turned me around, and saved me from all the horrible things I did, and he's not even going to remember, he can't even remember, he deleted it from his divine memory bank, you know. And you know, to me, if God never did another thing for me, but give me entrance into heaven when I die, 
that's more, more, more than I deserve. And we'd be happy, happy, happy to praise Him for all eternity for that right there. Amen. Amen. And so look at, uh, there are keys. Look at uh, Matthew 16 and uh, verse 19 says, Jesus says, And I will give unto thee the keys, plural. I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. So that tells me what? There are keys. Keys are symbolic of authority. If you've got a key around here, then I've given you some degree of authority. Amen. And keys are symbolic, obviously, of access. Access. If you've got the key, you have access. So Jesus says, I will give unto you the means by which you can access the kingdom of heaven down here on this earth. He goes on and says, whatsoever you shall bind on the earth shall be bound in the spirit realm. Whatever you loose on the earth shall be bound in heaven. Or that means the spirit realm. Praise God. That's one of the keys. Hallelujah. And so those who have an attitude of gratitude are granted access. Yeah. Hallelujah. Go over with me now to back to Psalms. Let's go to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. And I want to show you from the Word how this is connected to your blessing. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm 50. You guys just aren't overcome with visions of Turkey, are you? <laughs> Amen. This is important. Psalm 50, verse 23. I'll read in the King James, then I want to read it in the Amplified to put that up on the board. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. And to him that orders his conversation, that means his lifestyle, aright, will I show the salvation of God. Let's read that from the Amplified. You might look up on the screen. It says, He who brings an offering of praise and thanksgiving honors me and glorifies me. And he who orders his way aright, who prepares the way that I might show him to demonstrate, or to him I will demonstrate the salvation of God. Amen. So these two things... The one who offers up praise and thanksgiving to God and orders their lifestyle to be right in God's eyes. That is, he said, making a pathway, an access point. So, and God said, that person, I will demonstrate to them my salvation. Now, I looked up, there's several Hebrew words in the Old Testament that is translated into English in the King James Bible. Uh, just the word salvation. This particular word means, let me turn my page in my notes, uh, they use three primary words to describe this Hebrew word that's rendered salvation. It means liberty, deliverance, and prosperity. God wants there to be some demonstrations of Him bringing liberty. You know, if you got too much debt, that's bondage. But God wants to demonstrate His liberty to you in that situation. He wants to bring freedom to you 
wherever you may be bound. Amen? Some of us, we're in such a financial mess, we need to be delivered. We need to be rescued. I've been there, just messed things up, made bad decisions, and now I'm in a mess, and I need God to rescue me. Oh, how good our Father is. Let me just tell you, I remember, you know, my wife and I, we agreed when she got pregnant with Faith, she wanted to, you know, she told me she's going to be a mover and a shaker and a money maker and a career woman and all that. And the moment she got the positive test, she goes, forget all that, I'm going to make, I'm going to stay home. That's what she said. She said, have fun making money, honey. And she didn't force any, we we, we agreed and we said, well, do you have faith? Because we looked at our budget without her supply and me, what I was making, we were going to go $500 in the hole every month unless God didn't do something supernatural. And so we sat on our little couch, naive young couple, and said, we said, I said, do you have faith for 500? She goes, yes, I think I do. And I said, well, I think I have faith for, faith for 500. And so she quit her job and, uh, and began to paint the nursery. And uh, so, you know, and what did we do? We began to go $500 in the hole every single month. Every, and we did that for months and months and months and months. Thank God for a good name and a credit card. That's just how we kept our life going. So I did all this stuff in the flesh. I started a painting business. I started a mowing business. And I'm already working like a slave for my pastor. I mean, he, he, you know, when you worked for him, he just owned you. He just did. He just owns you. And so I'm literally working. I don't know how many hours I'm working, but I'm one tired puppy. And somehow or another, we're still going in the hole. And I, I'll be honest with you, you know, the birth, that was my birth of my firstborn. You know, there was joy. I did have joy, but I was really robbed myself a lot of joy because I was just so covered up with fear and worry and the weight of the bondage of this debt. And I would cry. Don't, don't call me a baby. But I'd put my credit card in the gas thing and watch that dial go up and cry because I know I can't pay for that. I'm just going more and more in debt every minute. So then I had this brilliant move. You thought I'd go pray and talk to God about this. Nope. I took an equity loan on my house and invested it in the market and lost it all. Oh, Jiminy. $25,000 in mid-1990 money. And I'm already in debt to my eyeballs on my credit cards. Amen. Praise God. And I just, man, when I, I just came home and I told her that, it's all gone. We tried to do some different maneuvers, rescue it, turn that trade around. It just didn't work. And I fell, she was in the office. I came home, fell down on my knees and put my head in her lap. And I said, it's all over. It's all gone. We've messed up. I mean, it's just bad. Our finances are on fire. And she just put her hand on my head and said, it'll be all right, honey. It'll be all right. God will make a way. And do you know I'm not going to go all, because i got other things to say. But I just threw myself at the mercy of God. And I had a, a kind of a prophetic leaning associate pastor friend. And he didn't know anything that was going on. He goes, you need to go read Isaiah 30. God told me to tell you to go read Isaiah 30. And I went and read. And you'd think it was just comforting. and inc- No, it was in my face. Twist the knife. And it talks about, you know, cursed is the one that goes to Egypt for help. Uh-huh. Egypt is a type of the world. Cursed is the one that goes to Egypt for help that does not look to his God. And he said, I'll just wait and I'll be silent to you, waiting for you to come and turn, come to your senses and turn to me. And then you'll hear a whis- your teacher whisper behind you. And I mean, he just rebuked me. I mean, just bad. And I just repented. What am I going to do? And so I just acknowledged him, said, all right, I don't no more look into the world for help. I need help. 
And I'm just telling you what, God turned that all around. I mean, all that money came. I mean, he just turned it all around. He's good. He's good. And I tell you what, that was uh, 20-something years ago. I am so thankful for his mercy on me. How about you? Glory to God. Look at that, what he said. He said, whosoever offers praise glorifies and honors me. The Amplified says, gives an offering of praise and is thankful to him. Amen. And orders his lifestyle aright. God is going to demonstrate to that man, to that woman, his liberty, his rescues, and his prosperity. Your gratitude is going to determine your altitude in many areas of life. And many people, because they don't, they're not grateful, their altitude is, they're going to crash and burn. Well, God, loves, He loves you, but you're not grateful, so He can't move in your life like He wants to. Amen? Let's look at Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verse 47 and 48. Y'all all right? And we'll just look at this in the Amplified, but if you don't have one, mark that scripture. It, this is a powerful scripture. Now, if you know anything about Deuteronomy 28, it's a, it's a key chapter, right? It's long, a lot of verses. But in the first 14 verses, he outlines for God's people, if you'll hearken to my voice, be diligent to heed my commandments, do what I tell you to do, all these blessings... Are going to come, and they aren't just spiritual blessings. He said, All these blessings, like you'll be blessed in the city, you'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed going in, you'll be blessed going out. I'll make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. You'll be the lender and you'll never be the borrower. He said, I'll bless your basket and your store. You know what that means? I'll bless your checking account, I'll bless your savings account. Don't try to over spiritualize that. We have a covenant of blessing. In Genesis chapter 12, God comes into a covenant with Abram. That's in chapter 12. He says, if you'll do what I tell you, trust me, believe me, be my man, go where I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do, I'll bless you. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. I'll make your name great. And in the very next chapter, it says that Abram was very rich. <laughs> he was very rich in silver, in cattle, and in gold. Amen. How many chapters is it going to take you? How many chapters is it going to take you to get, get a clue about your covenant? But then, beginning in about verse 15 through the end of chapter 28, God warns, He warns God's people about what will happen if they forsake Him. And this, this verse 47 and verse 48 in the Amplified, I like it in the Amplified, is in, laid out in the midst of those many verses. Verse 47 says, Because, notice that word, because... Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness of mind and heart in what? In gratitude for the abundance of all with which He has blessed you. Is He talking, linking about your service, your attitude, your joyfulness, your gratitude or lack thereof connected to what? Your abundance. Connected to your abundance. All of which He's blessed you. Therefore, so notice these key words, because, therefore, because of this, this is going to happen. Because you don't have gratitude, and you're not serving me with the right attitude, this is going to happen. Cause, effect. Well, if it's just God's will, He'll bless me. No, because, therefore, 
Amen. So, therefore, you shall what? You shall serve your enemies, whom the Lord shall send against you in hunger. How come they're, not, how come they're hungry? Because they're not blessed anymore. How come they're thirsty? They're not in nakedness. How come they're naked? They don't have money to buy clothes. And in want, that word's lack, lack of all things. Do you see how this ingratitude gives the devil the upper hand? And that being, ingratitude, that means not grateful, unthankful, that's like putting a key in your pocket, locking yourself out of access of God's provision in your life. And instead you've given the devil the upper hand, now, now you're going to suffer lack, now you're going to suffer want. It's all connected to what? Gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude, or the lack thereof. Amen. So like I said, your attitude is going to determine your altitude. And if your life isn't on the ascent, you should check yourself out. So uh, beginning to close here, beginning to close, amen. I wanted to give you some signs and symptoms of the disease of ingratitude. Amen. Some signs and symptoms that being unthankful might be your disease, your condition. And uh, so the first one is complaining. No one thankful complains. And I'm going to quote Dr. Jerry Seville, blame this on him. I was reading after him. And uh, he said, Christians are the most complaining bunch of people on planet Earth. They complain about everything. Sanctuary's too hot, sanctuary's too cold. Pastor doesn't preach long enough, pastor preaches too long. I didn't like how they handled little Johnny in the nursery. How come they won't give me a parking spot with my name on it? I mean, just gripe and whine and moan about everything. Gripe at the restaurant. Gripe at the grocery store. Complain, complain, complain. And really, that's really sad. That's really indictment because if any group on the earth should be allergic to complaining, it ought to be God's covenant people. We don't have anything to complain about. We have Jehovah. We have Jehovah Jireh. We have Jehovah Rapha. We have the Lord Almighty, the all-sufficient one, the all-breasted one. Come on. He is our Father. He's on our side. If we'll just straighten up and act right, come on, things will go well for us. The number one symptom that you have left the flow of gratitude is whining and griping and complaining and, and just the, entertaining the thoughts and emotions about pressure that you face. I'm facing all this pressure. Pressure. He's taxed to the death. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to go back to drinking. I'm just going to go back into the world. Well, you selfish thing, come on. You, have you forgotten? That he died? Have you forgotten? That he shed his blood? Have you forgotten about the crown of thorns? Have you forgotten about by his stripes? 
Have for you forgotten how hot hell is and it's waiting for you? Have you forgotten all the car accidents you didn't have? All the home invasions you could have had you didn't have? How you could have lost your mind but God helped you keep it together? Yeah. Amen. God cannot bless us while we're griping. Quickly now, let's go to Numbers real quick. Numbers chapter 11. And, you know, when you talk about those uh, Israelites that God brought out of Egypt, I mean, never. I, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but never, never, never has there been a generation, has there been a people that God did for them. I, no, God has not done anything for a people like He did for them in getting them out of Egypt. I mean, with a mighty hand with an outstretched arm, with signs and wonders that this earth has never seen again. Amen? Amen. Amen. When, when else in recorded history, maybe there has been, did uh, God flood a nation with frogs? Or, or turn their, where is numbers? There it is. <laughs> Where's it at? <laughs> I got to stop talking long enough to find it. Turned the rivers to blood. Killed the firstborn. Stacked up a whole sea. The Red Sea. Stacked it up on both sides. Now I know he split water in a smaller measure another end, and that's miraculous too. But he, and he was doing it for them. Not for anybody else. God hadn't parted the Red Sea for any American that I know of. But they walked over on dry ground, drowned all their enemies. Healed, healed over a million people in one moment. They ate, the, they ate the lamb, the roasted flesh, the broken body of the Lord, and got healed. Amen. And they walked out with, they, they knocked on those Egyptians' doors at the Lord's instructions. They said, hey, you got any silver in here? Yeah, can I have it? Okay. Who does that? Who does that? Hey, you got a Rolex watch? And I see you got a nice Rolex rocks, Mr. Egyptian. I'd like to have that. Okay. Fur coat. They just, they just, they just gave it away? No, that didn't happen. Read your Bible. It says, God gave them favor. Favor. You know, favor will make a guy go glass-eyed and do for you what he would not do. <laughs> and you'll walk away, it being done, and he'll go, why did I do that? But the moment they get out from underneath Pharaoh's hand, all they do is gripe. All they do is complain. Let's take a little sample of this. Honey, could I read that out of yours? I know it'll just read a, a little smoother, maybe. And uh, Numbers 11, verse 1. Let's just take a sampling here. Is this okay? So, I mean, they, I mean uh, you could still see shields and chariots still floating around the water. That's how new this is. God had just done this miracle. And the people, verse 1, the people began complaining out loud to the Lord about their troubles. This is not the way to get blessed. To complain out loud to the Lord about your troubles. Why didn't you heal Grandma? Well, evidently he couldn't. Because of some unknown reason. Okay. The, honey, at least I get an amen out of you. You're my wife, you know. You get an amen out of you. 
The people began complaining out loud to the Lord about their troubles. When the Lord heard them, He became angry. And the fire from the Lord began to burn among them. It destroyed some people on the outskirts of the camp. The people cried out to Moses. Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire died down. And then they're going to quickly throw him under the bus. The next bit of trouble they get in, they're going to stone him with the stones. That place was called Taborah or fire because fire from the Lord burned among them there. Notice when they were griping, they didn't get blessed. Some foreigners among the Israelites had a strong craving for other kinds of food. Even the Israelites started crying again. If we only had meat to eat. Remember all the free fish we ate in Egypt and the cucumbers and the watermelons and the leaves and oh my God. You were a slave. They beat you for entertainment. Now they're thinking about cucumbers. They're griping about cucumbers. Oh, and the garlic we had. I like this translation. But, but now we've lost our appetite. Everywhere we look, there's nothing but manna. And he describes manna. Verse 10, Moses heard people from every family crying at the entrance to their tent. The Lord became very sympathetic. No, the Lord became very angry, and Moses didn't like it either. So he asked, Lord, why have you brought me this trouble? How have I displeased you that you have put the burden of all these people on me? Am I their mother? Did I give birth to them? Are you really asking me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries a baby? All the way to the land you promised their ancestors with an oath? Where can I get meat for all these people? They are crying for me to give them meat to eat. I can't take care of all these people by myself. Don't treat your pastor like that. <laughs> this is too much work for me. If this is how you're going to treat me, why don't you just kill me? I cannot face this trouble anymore. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. And uh, you, you should just go on and read all that. But, uh, I mean, then God causes a whole bunch of quail to fly in so much so it covered the whole camp big camp and they ate till they were sick to their stomachs and about that time a plague broke out among them and they started dying 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 they weren't getting blessed they were dying why because they were complaining amen see just know chris when you're complaining you're not thankful. And you're out of the flow. You're out of position. He can't, he can't fix it. He can't help you. So let me give you another one or two here. Another symptom of uh, being unthankful is forgetting. Forgetting. And that's what they did. Oh, how quick they forgot. You know, and, and this happens in churches, unfortunately. You know, people, God, God draws them to the church, they start coming, and God puts their marriage back together, and, and God heals their bodies, and God turns their finances around, their children stop acting crazy. And then two or three years later, you know, the pastor actually asks them to take the trash out or something, or says something from the pulpit that they don't, they don't quite get, and they get mad, and they get offended, and they gather up all their little stuff, and in a huff they leave. They forgot. I said, what? They forgot. 
They forgot how God used that church. God did it, but they forgot how, who God used. And it was God that used that man or woman to pray for them, teach them, shepherd them, you know, and, but they forget. Because it's only how I feel right now. That is the sign. That is a symbol. I am a baby Christian. If you are only just in the moment and you forget all the things God's done. Amen. So let me just, you know, read these to you. You can write the references. We don't have time to turn to them. They're all in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 4.9. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, Only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life. You know how you could forget and something that God did for you leaves your heart? You stop talking about it. You stop talking about it. If you don't want to forget, listen, I tell my children, if I, if I tell them, hey, listen, today, before the day ends, clean the litter box, or make your bed, or put away your laundry. And, and I didn't make them do I gave them the day to figure it out. And they come back to me, and I go, how come, how come that laundry's still sitting here? Dad, I forgot. That is not an excuse. Forgetting is not an excuse. And I told them, I said, uh, it was one of them specifically, just did this repeatedly. And I said, forgetting is disrespectful. Because it's just easy for you to just disregard it. And that's dishonoring to me as your father. Listen, when God does something and you forget, that's dishonoring. That's disrespectful. I'm telling you. Well, how do I not forget? You keep talking about it. You tell everybody. You tell yourself. Whoo, Chris, you remember that? You remember that time all those years ago you were drowning in debt? Had no way out? You don't even know to this day how God really did that, but he got you turned around. Amen. Now I better go find somebody to remind, tell. Yeah. See, it's easy for us. I know how it is when pressure comes and the, and the circumstances are hot. and you, get, you got symptoms racked in your body. It's easy right then to forget how he healed you two months ago and last year. And Listen, if he did it before, he'll do it again. But he can't do it if you're not thankful. Kids, you need to practice this. You need to be thankful for your mom. Thankful for your dad. Thankful you got a house. Don't be marching around in December, marching around your house, looking on a tree like you're entitled. That's another symptom that you're not thankful. Is this expectation. Hmm. We're only one gift? Come on, Mom. I'm a better kid than that. If that's just one gift on there, you better be a big one. I mean, no, no, no. Listen, if, if you're a live child, you're alive, and you're breathing, and you ate today, and you're not sleeping outside, that's about all your parents owe you. They owe you a lot more than that. But you know what I mean? You shouldn't have this entitlement mentality. Where's my car? Where's my new cell phone? God cannot bless you. You are outside the flow. Be thankful. 
It's a key to God wants to do. He is able. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask. I mean, He just wants to pour it out on you like He wanted to pour it out on. What did He have for them? The promised land. A land that flowed with milk and honey. A a land full of copper and iron and gold and pomegranates and honey and all kinds of good stuff. But He told them, when you get in this land, you better watch out that you don't forget me. Of course they did. And that's why they lost it. Yeah. So he said, don't forget. Don't let these things depart from your heart all the days of your life. Teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Here's another one, Deuteronomy 6.12. Beware, that's a strong word, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. We are commanded not to forget. Deuteronomy 8.11-14. And then verse 18. But that is the time to be careful. Now, what he means by that is when you're in the land. You're in this great land, right? Beware that in your plenty, look at that, beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey His commands and regulations and decrees. There's an, I didn't have that written down, but I see that. Here's a symptom you got unthankful, that you forgot. You stopped obeying. You get so comfortable in your blessing you get big-headed and thinking, I don't have to obey anymore. I got, I got, I got a lot of money. I can, I can afford to disobey. I got me a car. My mortgage up today. I don't need to go to church today. God will understand if I take my tithe to go on vacation. Who's going to sit by me at, at the Thanksgiving do? <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, I'm, we're going to close here, the master key, a master key to, to promotion and blessing with God is stay thankful. Amen. Don't forget. And he says in verse 12, so when you become full and are prosperous and you built fine homes to live in, this is the New Living Translation, and when your flocks and your herds have become very large and your silver and your gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud. Pride, that's another thing. At that time, and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery. Amen. Skipping down to verse 18, it says, Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, He confirmed to your ancestors. The King James says... uh, Uh, Remember the Lord your God. Don't forget the Lord your God, for it is He that gives you the power to get wealth, to produce wealth. See, He he has it for you. Well, You're talking about the Israelites. I'm not an Israelite. Yes, you are, spiritually speaking. We don't have time to go to Galatians. But the last verse of chapter 3 in Galatians says, If you be Christ's, that's me, Native American Indian, I'm a mutt, I got... Polish, I got all kinds of Dutch, and I'm just a mutt. Amen. But I'm in Christ. So verse 21 says, I am therefore, 26, whatever it is, last verse, Abraham's seed. And heirs according to the promise. So it belongs to me, it belongs to you. But we have to, uh, come on, we have to order our life aright. Just a closing thought. You need to cultivate. Uh, Out of your mouth needs to be this ever-flowing, unending stream 
of gratitude. You know, real thankfulness is not a noun, it's a verb. So if you don't express your thanks, you're unthankful. Don't tell me I'm thankful in here, Pastor. That won't fly. That won't work. The word thanksgiving, I promise we're going to close with this. Noah Webster, he actually defines the word. It means the act. Thanksgiving is the act. Something you do, right? It is the act of rendering thanks and expressing gratitude for favors or mercies. It is a celebration of divine goodness. you got to be willing to celebrate. God been good to me. Come on. Don't be ashamed of your blessing. Don't be ashamed. You tell people. I'm telling you, God is being good to Chris Cody. I mean, he is just good. Hallelujah. God's a good God. So it is the celebration of divine goodness. It is the acknowledging of the goodness of God. So see, Thanksgiving is something you do. You know, do you do thank you cards? I try to. Amen. I got some in my pocket I'm trying to hand out today. Do you tell people? Is there a response? Is there any acknowledgement? Or do you just go to the restaurant really hoping and expecting someone's going to get this ticket? And someone does. Well, at the very least, you should say, hey, whoa, hey, man, hey, wait a minute, hold up a second. Did you just buy my food? Thank you. That waiter waitress did a decent job. Good job. Come on. Hey, listen, you did a great job today. Thank you for serving us. This is hard work what you do. And I'm not just going to, I laid something down here good on the table for you. God bless you. But don't say God bless you. And don't leave a good tip. Don't, and please don't, don't take all your World Harvest stickers and stuff off your car. I don't want to be associated with that. Don't mistreat those folks. That's hard work out there. Be thankful. Come on, stand up this morning. Are you thankful this morning? Has God done something wonderful for you? More than you can know, right? More than I know. More than you could count. We'll tell him then. You got to perform.